Welcome to Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Ship, and I'm excited to be sharing with you my life with a son on the spectrum. This podcast is for anyone who is looking for quick tips and perspective, but most of all, for hope and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and let's put the pieces together. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Ship. Thanks so much for joining us today. Last week we spoke about being diagnosed with autism as an adult and how important it is to seek professional help. So hopefully you found some golden nuggets of information that are useful and helpful to you. This week we're going to talk about how to keep your marriage strong even though the stress, uh, even throughout the stress, pardon me, of having a special needs child. Um, I think that we can all agree that marriage um, in and of itself is challenging and um, having a a son on the spectrum is is a whole nother level, I feel, in some ways. At least it was for us within our marriage. And it's very easy to get caught up in the daily grind of life, um, managing a household, managing therapy appointments, the endless amount of paperwork. And that doesn't include just going to work and having other daily responsibilities. So there are so many other things involved in what I have to do for Drayson's care. And um, it's, it's been a difficult road between my husband and I, to be quite honest with you. So The sad truth for my husband and I is that we hardly ever go out or do anything really for fear of just leaving Drayson um, or that we've had to work really hard um, finding the right care providers so that we know and trust um, in order for us to get out and do things and still be able to um, act like a couple. And so that has been a big challenge for us. Um, I did decide to do some research on this because I was curious that we've we've been asked before if the divorce rate is high, and um, I was like, it, I guess it could be. I have I have no idea. Um, and at first, I thought that yes, the divorce rate is high. I think in general, though, as a society, our divorce rate is high. So I don't really know if if it would constitute a high divorce rate just because you have a special needs child. But it's interesting because the research I found was actually mixed. Um, I actually found that, and let me just um, put on my glasses here really quickly. Um, it's been reported that there's an 80% divorce rate among families with kids that have autism, but I couldn't find the source of the 80%, but it's all over. I mean, tons of blogs and, and um, things that I found, they say that the divorce rate is approximately 80%, um, So, which I told my husband, see, look, we're, we're, we're the minority, 20, we're in the 20% zone. That's great. Uh, we've gotten this far, so woohoo, we've done it. Um, the researchers, though, from Kennedy Krieger Institute and John Hopkins University, though, found no evidence of an 80% divorce rate. In fact, parents of children with autism split up as often as parents of children who don't have autism, according to their research. So I thought that it kind of made me chuckle because, like I said, I feel that as a society, our divorce rate is really high. Um, Autism Speaks also put out another great publication about keeping your marriage strong. And I'm going to read some of uh, these things that they put in this article, but I will include the link in the show notes for you as well to refer to this article. But I thought it was really great. Um, before I get into that, just just to mention a few things, you know, my husband and I 
um, have to be very pointed and diligent about spending time together. And that, like I said, has been a huge struggle in our marriage. I think um, the first couple years into Drayson's diagnosis, I don't think that we did anything probably for the first two or three years. We hardly went anywhere. Um, We didn't travel. Um, We didn't uh, go out on dates. We didn't have date night. We didn't um, just something as simple as just having a family excursion. We didn't really venture out and do a lot. I don't know if it's because we were just so busy trying to understand and manage Drayson's care because that was definitely a huge learning curve for for Pat and I, I would say, the first couple years into his diagnosis. Um, That was a lot. And every year it's still a lot. Every year we have um, reevaluations and uh, more paperwork to submit, um, what we call annual renewals on um, his care for speech and OT. And so I don't recall, I can't think of how – a time when Drayson was younger that we really spent time together. Now um, it's just something as simple as putting it on the calendar. And if it's on the calendar, it exists. That's the rule in the house. And if we're going to go do something, we're going to go do something. Um, We've had to really rely on care providers to help take care of Drayson or babysit Drayson for us, if you will. And that has also been um, hard to find the right people. I mean, we're still we've we've lost our HAB provider, I think two years ago now, and we still haven't found a good HAB provider since. So, so there's a lot of uh, back and forth, a lot of up and downs with that as well. Trying to find that right person that you're going to trust, and and then that way you can relax and enjoy yourself. Because what we found is we would get out, and just like any parent, I'm sure uh, for all your parents listening, you can relate. You leave, and then the first thing you talk about is your kids. <laughs> you talk about your kids all the time. So um, just trying to get away from that and talk about other things, um, even what we hope for, what our dreams are, what our aspirations are, like just having simple conversations like that, it's so important to make sure that you're connecting and that you're talking to each other. And it is, sometimes it does feel forced. Sometimes it does feel mechanical. And when I say that, I mean being structured in scheduling that time. There are times where I'm like, oh, okay, we're we're going to go out this Saturday, but we've got all these other things going on. Should we postpone it? And the answer is no. But that's hard for us because it's easy when all the other things start happening. Like, oh, we, we've got to do this or oh, we've got to do that. I mean, it's got to be a really big emergency. Um, but we recently – we haven't really started doing a lot of this until recently, in the, within the last probably 18 months or a couple years, I would say, um, where we just decided that we needed to do that because we were not uh, connected anymore. And so to just have conversation with your loved one, with your spouse is so important because you're going to feel that connection. So we're I'm proud of the fact that we've recognized that and that we've worked on that. But I think that it's easy for it to go to the wayside and then – before you know it, you wake up and you don't know each other anymore. And I just didn't want that to happen between the two of us. So, um, but again, like I said, Autism Speaks puts out a great publication called Keeping Your Marriage Strong. And I'm going to read a couple things that, and this is so true. When I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is 
exactly how it is for us. But in addition to normal demands of marriage, parents of a child with autism may also experience the following. Um, Additional stress from navigating the maze of agencies, funding sources, and paperwork to help your child. That's an understatement. I have, I think, four. I'm getting ready to start my fifth. Uh, Three-inch three ring binder or like or the real thick ones I think it's a five inch binder actually um yeah it's a five inch three ring binder and I'm getting ready to start my fifth binder of paperwork like I keep all of his paperwork cataloged organized um in timeline order and so we're we're um getting ready to do that so the amount of paperwork alone finding funding um, is also very daunting. Um, the maze of, of filtering uh, vetting agencies, talking to providers, interviewing HAP providers, interviewing the right people. All of this is extremely stressful. This is just bullet point number one, guys, <laughs> on here. Um, parents may also experience a loss of income due to one parent not working in order to take care of your child and the additional expense of hiring and managing specialized caretakers. Yes, that's 100% true. We, in the beginning, we couldn't get um, services by the state while we were trying to qualify. So we started paying out of pocket for that. And just to give you a perspective, like that was an extra $800 to $1,000 a month for us um, just to immediately get him the care and the services that he needed by paying for that out of pocket. So um, we took a, a very big loss of income. And we yes, we scaled back hours. We took our vacation time. We took up our – I think we used most of our vacation and sick time up um, initially in the beginning um, just to make sure that we could delegate that time for Drayson. And we, we have had lots of conversations, um, partially, partially why I left the corporate world, if you will, um, and started my own company is because of the flexibility because I needed – one of us had to be home. Um, and my husband is in law enforcement, and unfortunately, you can't uh, – <laughs> no rest for the weary in law enforcement. Um, but, uh, y- you know, it, he couldn't just always take the time off. Um, so so we did definitely experience that too. Parents can also experience different points of view regarding your child's challenges and decisions about treatments and interventions. Um, this was initially maybe a problem for us in the beginning, but not anymore. Um Trying to decide what is the best method of treatment, what's the best route to go, all of, and even now, still those questions come up for us. But um, we're very much on the same page with each other now. In the beginning, it was different because our our grieving processes were different. I think uh, my husband might have felt, Pat might have felt like, oh, this is just a lot. Are we doing too much? Um, and I was the one that was just barreling through. Um, his grieving process was a little bit longer than mine. So I think that that was part of it. Um, Parents can also experience loss of friendships or loss of time and energy to maintain outside friendships. And again, that is 100% true. We have lost um, some friends over the years um, just from maybe just losing touch. Um, It's hard to maintain that. So the friends and the people that we have in our circle today, I'm extremely grateful for because if they don't hear from us, they reach out. And uh, I'm I'm very grateful for that. Parents can also experience worries about the long-term future of your family. And again, this is um, something that we've talked about extensively as well. We've talked about, um, you know, 
having a home where Drayson can also live on the property, maybe with a casita or something like that, so that he can still live independently. But if he needs help or assistance, we're there. Um, we've talked about looking into um, adult facilities um, where he could live um, and still be able to have some independence, but yet at the same time have care or assistance with what he needs. Um, we've also talked about the financial aspect of it. And it's funny because as I'm looking at this last bullet point, it says changes in your retirement plans, your ability to take vacations or explore enrichment activities. That is definitely something that we've talked about. You know, my husband and I want to travel, we want to do more, but we we are limited um, in being able to do some of that because of Drayson's care. So um, even our retirement plan looks different. And setting up the proper financials for Drayson, having a trust for him in case something happens to my husband and I, these are all been topics of discussion that we've had within our within our relationship. And all of these things can take a toll on your marriage because if this is all you talk about, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. So we've had to force ourselves to talk about other things. And that's part of getting out and having those conversations is not talking about um, our kids so much, um, not talking about work so much, but just talking about things that we used to enjoy or that we still do enjoy um, and uh, and how we can keep that connection alive. Um, so they also list some tips to keep your marriage strong while uh, dealing with everyday challenges of living with autism. And it's funny because the first bullet point on here is communication. <laughs> the more you communicate in challenging times, the stronger you'll, you'll be as a couple. And that's so important. Um, you and your spouse may not react the same uh, about your child's diagnosis. And that's okay. Um, I think if you can explain why and how you feel that way, I think that you're entitled to feel the way that you want to feel. I feel differently sometimes than than my husband Pat does, and that's okay. Um, it's also us respecting each other's feelings and talking openly about it. So, um, yep, communication is the number one thing on here. Talk openly about problems as they occur. So when things happen um, – you know, let each other know so that you guys can open up that door of communication. I think that's also equally as important. Be kind to yourself and your spouse during a, during difficult times. Um, we have had to really learn to read each other in a different way. So if I'm very frustrated and I have to step away for a minute, uh, Pat very much picks up on that and takes over so that I can get a break and vice versa. Or just even asking each other, hey, do you need to you need to take a walk? You need to take a breather? I, I got this. So it's just being kind um, to ourselves and to each other um, when things are difficult. Work together um, to learn all that you can about autism. And that is just something definitely that Patrick and I have done, um, delving into understanding behaviors, understanding maybe why Joyce reacts a certain way, how we can help through therapies, um, what we can do to help facilitate some of that therapy in our home. And, um, you know, what we learn from the from our care providers, from those therapists, we we exercise that in our own home as well. So whatever they're doing, we make sure that we're exhibiting the same behavior so that it's consistent for Drayson. Help each other focus on the present and what you can do to make things better today. Um, you know, it's funny. We are very much day-by-day uh, kind of family. And when I say that, I mean, yes, we talk about the future. 
yes, we try to plan for things financially, um, logistically for the future. But in terms of from a day-to-day basis, we just try to make every day um, the best that it can be and live in that present moment. I have a lot of people that ask me all the time, you know, Nikki, do you think that Drayson will be able to have a relationship someday? Do you think Drayson will be able to be married someday? Do you think Drayson will be able to drive a car someday? Do you think Drayson will be able to live on his own someday? All of these questions have been asked to us. And um, my answer is always that um, that's what the goal is. That's what we strive for. That's what I hope for. Um, But me just hoping for it isn't going to do it by itself. So part of the reason why we've instilled all of these therapies and um, learned as much as we can about autism is to help Drayson become successful in daily living when he becomes an adult. And that's really important for us. So my answer to that is always, I, you know, I hope so. And that's what the goal is, but I can't predict the future. So in the meantime, we're preparing for that as well. Spend time together, have fun, plan some time alone. Just like I was saying, it's funny that that's in here because that's something that we've tried to be really diligent about over the last couple of years. Um, even if it's just a few hours or a week, relax and just try to have fun together. Try to enjoy maybe some leisure activities that you did before your child was even diagnosed with autism. Um, that's something that we do. We'll, we'll just even go outside and ride bikes. And sometimes we'll take Drayson with us, if, even if it's a family thing. Um, but it definitely makes us stronger. And I think just for even Patrick and I, something as simple as just going for a walk has been beneficial for us. Um, share the responsibilities at home when possible. Work together on chores, childcare, homework, and other household tasks. And this is also this is a daily communication thing that we do literally every day. Okay, what do you have on your agenda? What's going on with work? What are you going to be uh, working late? Will you be home on time? Can you take Drayson to this therapy? No, but I can. You know, there's all those types of conversations. It's literally something that we review every day with each other to make sure that we're on top of it. And and I think that that's normal just for married couples with children in general. Um, it's just um, sharing those responsibilities and knowing that if your spouse is tired, maybe try to help pick up the slack a little bit and vice versa. So there's times where I'm I'm exhausted. And Pat will pick up the pieces and do that and do whatever I'm trying to get done, even if it's just chores or laundry um, or something simple like that, even going to get the car washed, simple things like that. Um, he'll he'll take care of that for me um, if I'm tired and vice versa. Um, get help if you need it. A marriage counselor can help you if you and your spouse sort through the feelings and maintain a healthy marriage. Um, you know, this is something that we've we've talked about, too, as a couple. You know, should we talk to somebody else? Should we talk to somebody that's maybe non-biased um, to help give us perspective? Um, that has been a, a subject of conversation for us as well. Um, Sort out what is important and what isn't important to the two of you. Take a close look at the best ways to make a good life for you and your family. And it's funny because um, everything to us, there's certain things that are just so trivial to us. Um, You know, doing the dishes um, all of a sudden every day is not a big deal. Um, Forget, oh, we forgot to take out the trash. Like, okay, we'll take it out next time. Um, Little things that normally would 
start to bother me don't bother me as much anymore. And I think that's because of the perspective that we have with Drayson um, and realizing that there are bigger things that we have to worry about and take care of and, you know, getting upset at each other over the minutia of of daily life isn't going to help either one of us. And so we've we've kind of taken the approach that things that that maybe we think are a big deal, maybe they're not. So we have to take a step back and ask ourselves that. These are just some of the quick tips that they mentioned in um, the Autism Speaks article. And like I said, I'll post this link in the show notes. But I do have two quick tips for you um, that I personally believe in that I think that have that have helped us in our marriage. And the first one is that you both have to be on board. Make a commitment to um, be active in your marriage and to help your child who's on the spectrum. And I think that if both of of you are equal participants or believe that that needs to be a commitment, that right there is is half the battle. Um, Both of you have to be on board. The second quick tip I have is remember why you love each other. Remember why you fell in love with each other and that you have faith in each other to get through your challenges together. I think that that is one of the biggest things that I have peace of mind over in my marriage is that even though things are difficult, things are rough, things are hard, um, Drayson um, can be challenging at times, but yet my husband and I are always there for each other. Um, We love each other and that we'll, we'll know we'll get through it together. And so um, identifying that is also a a very big deal. And so if you have to tell each other that often, tell each other that often. Don't ever, you know, leave without saying I love you and goodbye um, or letting them know how much you love them and appreciate them. I think that that's really important. So this concludes our episode for today. If you have questions, comments, or even a show topic that you would like for us to talk about on the show, please feel free to email us at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. Feel free to like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and feel free also to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well at Pieces for My Puzzle. Feel free to um, give us a good review as well on your preferred podcast platform of choice that you use and spread the word to others if you think that this might be helpful so that we can help spread love and kindness and awareness in the autism community. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, keep working on your puzzle. And remember, you don't have to have it all solved in a day. Take care. Take care.